0: We have 50 people from church that are down at Park Street, so there's about, I think, about a minute to two minute delay. So I'm going to tell y'all hello. We are glad that uh, our volunteers are down at Park Street. Watch y'all clap for them for being down there so they can hear y'all. How bu- so bizarre to me? I had to sit in on a meeting because Jimmy Smith and James made me sit in on a meeting about how to do streaming. So I had to sit in uh, with a streaming company, and they started talking about encoders and decoders. And uh, so I just put my head down on the desk, and the guy said, are you bored? I said, I don't care about any of this. I just want it to work. And so, uh, so James and Jimmy, they're the experts, so I'm, I'm appreciative of them. Uh, today we are continuing our series, 2020, Walking in Light of Love. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in John chapter 13. We're going to look at two verses, verses 34 and 35. And so this is February, of course, you know, February is typically considered the, you know, like the love month because we just had Valentine's Day and so we celebrate all that wonderful stuff and so for the whole month of February, we're just talking about love and walking in light of love. Um, now, to get started, I, I want to share with you a story. I, I love, like when I see these kind of strange stories, I'll see them in the newspaper on a on the, the news or something and I'll write them down. And I saw this one, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to share this with you because it was so weird. Uh, there was a lady who came out of the British Journal of Medicine. This is, uh, uh, I guess it was last year. Lady went in, her eyes were kind of bothering her, and uh, so she went in, and the doctor removed 27 pairs of contacts from her eyes. Does that seem weird to you all? Uh, I wear contacts. I have one. If like I just have a half one in my eye, it just irritates my eye. This lady had 27 contacts in her eye. Okay, now this begs the question. How in the world did that happen? Okay, so here's what happened. So she would get up in the morning, she would put her contacts in, and then by the end of the day when she's ready to take them out, they weren't there. And so she just made the assumption they had they had just fallen out. Well, what they had done is they had rolled back behind her eyelids. And so she just did this. This happened to her every day for 27 days. And uh, so finally, after you know, I guess pair number 27, that, I guess that was the breaking point. You know, she's like, gosh, my, my eyes are really irritating me. So she went to the eye doctor. He looked into her eyes, and he was like, oh, my goodness, we have a little collection here. And so he pulled out 27 pairs of contacts. Okay, now, I, I, this really, there's not a spiritual lesson here. That's just a story that blows my mind, and you all need to know about it. Uh, But I actually, I did think about it, and I was like, okay, how does this fit? Okay, so you would think this. You would think, if you have 27 pairs of contacts in your eyes, man, your vision has got to be really good, right? I mean, so I can see 27 times better. Well, that's not the way that it works. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can be very similar to that lady and, and thinking, you know, if I just have more, if I have more wisdom and Bible knowledge Than just like regular people, that's going to mean that I'm like a superstar Christian. That's going to mean that I see the things of God better than anybody else. And i just like to say that, y'all, knowledge is not everything. Now, I'm not saying it's not important. It is important, but what is important is what you do with the knowledge. You have to put it into practice and not just simply talk about it for it to have an effect in your life. Now, as we go through this series for the rest of this month on love, there is no doubt that when you look into Scripture, and I think typically when people think of Jesus and they think about what it means to be a Christian, they say, well, Christians are supposed to be loving people. You know, the, the Christian faith, it is, a, it is a message of love. I think mean, we're all going to agree with that. But I think where we struggle, and I, I can speak to this for me, I don't have to speak for you, is that it is so much easier for me to talk about love than it is to actually put it into practice. And so what we're going to see today in our passage of Scripture is that Jesus has given a command for all of his followers to be a people of love. He did not say, hey, y'all, y'all do a whole lot of talking about it. He said, I want you to practice it. And what we're going to see today is that Jesus actually gave us a command. We are commanded as followers of Jesus to love people. And so the question is, how do I move from just talking about it to practicing it? And that's one thing Jesus is very interested in. He's not just interested in your knowledge. He's interested in how you put it into practice. Uh, We get an example of this in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 31. It's where, where Jesus asked his followers, he said, but what do you think? He said, a man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, my son, go work in the vineyard today. The son answered, hey, I don't want to do it. Yet he later changed his mind, and he went, and then he went to the other son, and he said the same thing, and he said, I will, sir, he answered, but he didn't go. Now which of the two did his father's will? So you all get to participate here. Who did the father's will? Yeah, the first one. Right? He said, I don't, I'm not doing it, but then he went and did it anyway. Okay, it's just a reminder to me. What Jesus is interested in is he's interested in action. When he gives a command, what do you do with it? And so that's why we're looking today in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Uh, a little background information in this passage of Scripture, what's, what's happening here is Jesus and his disciples are celebrating the Passover feast. And the Passover feast, of course, was something that the Jewish people celebrated to commemorate Moses leading the Hebrew people out of Egyptian captivity after over 400 years. Now this was to be a really different Lord's Supper here, or Passover feast, because this was going to be Jesus' last Passover feast before he went to the cross. Uh, In John 13, 31, it says it was just before Passover feast and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So this is the the last meal Jesus is having with his disciples. So what he says is going to be really important. And what he stresses in his last meal with his disciples is love. And he gives them a command to love. It you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't like, hey, you know, if you guys feel like it, this is what I'd like you to do. Jesus gave a command. And so I just want us to see today how this command affects us. And for us today, as followers of Jesus, what, what are these commands that Jesus has for us when it comes to love? Well, here's the very first command we see today that Jesus gives is he commands us to love one another. And that's a command we have. Uh, look with me in Verse 34. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, love one another, just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. Now whenever you read through the Bible, that, is a, that really is, it is an overriding message that you see time and time again, that we are to be people of love. You know, when people think about the Christian faith, one of the things about the Christian faith that is really stressed is love is stressed. But it's interesting, Jesus said, I'm giving you a new command." So how's that a new command that we're supposed to love? I and mean, you see that all throughout the Bible. Matter of fact, if you go back to the book of Leviticus, which is, I know that's probably not on many of your quiet time list. In Leviticus 19, 18, it says, do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. So, so why was this a new command? Well, it was a distinctive command. Now, this command to love was to be something that you would be known by. Now, for for the Jewish people, that um, they were known a lot of times by what they would do and what they would not do, what they would eat, what they would not eat. Uh, they were known oftentimes by what they wore. As a matter of fact, last month uh, there was a group of us that were over in Israel, and when we were in Israel, there were some people you would like look at, and you automatically knew they were Jewish by the way they were dressed. Uh, some of them, they would wear the yarmulke, you know, on their head. And so, you know, that's, that's a person of the Jewish faith. And uh, you would see some Orthodox or Hasidic Jews, and they had the curls that were coming down the sides of their face. And you would look at them and go, okay, that's, that's a Jewish person. Uh, we do this not just with Jewish people, I'm in mean, military. I mean, I can see somebody if they're wearing a uniform. I make the incredible observation, hey, I bet you that guy's in the military. Uh, you know, I, I see somebody, and I see their insignia, and I, I know what their rank is. Because of what they are wearing. Well, Jesus said, hey, the command I'm giving you is different. It is new because what I want you to be known for is not what you wear. I want people to be able to identify you because of how you love people. That should be a very Christian thing. You know, I've never looked at somebody that was in the military and thought, oh, I know he's in the military. Did you see how he was loving that person? I mean, that's, not, that's not the way you identify somebody in the military. Bet, but the way you should be able to identify someone who is a Christian Is when you look at them and see how they love each other And that is a command that Jesus gives us He said if you're going to stand out And you are going to demonstrate the personality of God I said you must love one another Now anytime I'm commanded to do something It is in, it is in my nature And I'm not saying this is a, a quality but it is in my nature to chafe against a command. I don't like people telling me what to do. Um, and, and, and you're the same way. Uh, I can give you an example. So think about uh, wives. If your husbands did this to you today after church, if they came to you and said, I command you to make me lunch today. how's that going to go over with you? Is, are, are you naturally going to chafe at that? Now, some of you might say, yeah, I'll make your meal. And guys, I would encourage you not to eat it. Uh, but... But, you know, that's. Uh, but we don't like commands. But you know what makes a command easier to follow? When you know the one who's giving the command. Now, in our text, who is the one giving the command to love one another? Who is that? It's Jesus. Now, why would that be a command that would be easier to follow? Because they knew Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you go back in chapter 13, if you go to verse number 12, Jesus had just served his disciples by washing their feet. And so Jesus had demonstrated to them that he loved them, that he cared for them. And so when he's giving a command to do something, it is much easier for them to receive it because they knew that Jesus wasn't trying to take advantage of them. He just wanted the best for them. He wanted them to be like him. You know, that made me think about um, when our kids were little. You know, whenever your kids were little, one thing that you you do with your children is uh, you'll take them like to the pool, and they'll they'll stand on the edge, and you'll get in the water, and say, "Hey, all right, hop in." And because of course, your your kids looking at you like, "Why? I, I don't know how to swim." And so you say, "Just jump in. Just trust me. Jump into me." And, and they'll, they'll stand there for a while, but eventually, what most what I've seen most kids do, what our kids would do, is they they would get right to the edge, and then they would just they would fall into me. You know, and they would let me catch them. Now, they, they were willing to do something that they didn't want to do for a simple reason. Because they, they knew that we loved them. You know, whenever they get sick, you know, that was, you know, I was always the one taking care of them. I had to help Emily out. Uh, whenever, they were, uh, whenever they were hungry and they needed food, you know, we were the ones that would feed them. And so, because they knew that we loved them, they were willing to, to fall in into us and to trust us. Now the disciples were willing to follow Jesus's command to love because they knew Jesus loved them. In you know, verse 12, he had washed their feet. He empowered them. He spent time with them. And Christians, whenever we love each other, it stands out from the rest of the world because it is so different for people to love each other. It is in our nature to to be selfish, it's in my nature to be selfish. It's in my nature only to love me. But whenever you're given a command to love others, people take notice. As a matter of fact, there's a man named Tertullian who was a, an early church father in the second century, and he was quoting what pagans, non-followers of Jesus, were saying about, about Christians. And, and they said this about Christians, see how those Christians love one another. People take notice of love. So, what is the command that we are given about love? How can I love? Well, Jesus says, "You love one another." So that's a command. But here is the other command He gives. He says, "Okay, the second command I give you is this: love like Jesus, love like I do." Verse, verse thirty. Uh, let's see, verse thirty-four again. Jesus said, "I give you a new command, a commandment: love one another." Here is the key part: just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. Okay, so you and I, who are followers of Jesus, we are called to love like Jesus, love other people like Jesus loves us. Now, I'm gonna be real honest with you. When it comes to being like Jesus and loving like Jesus, that is not something on my own that I can pull off. You know, I can't just wing it. I'm just gonna wing it and be like Jesus today. Uh, That does not work for me because I'm not. Y'all, it is not. It's not in my nature to be anything like Jesus. Now, if I'm going to learn how to be like Jesus, I learn by watching somebody else. You know, if I see somebody emulating something, okay, that's how you do that. So I, I can put that into practice. And what I know is if they're actually practicing, practicing it, you know, I hear a lot of people say stuff and they don't do it. I mean, I can't be that important. They don't even do it. But when I see somebody who says something and they put it into practice, then I know it's important to them. Well, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I, I command you to love. And then what we see is that Jesus, he didn't just talk about it. He actually did it. He loved people. And then he gave us a pattern on how to love like him. And that's important for me. I need patterns. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not good on my own and stuff like that. i, I give an example. Uh, our family has a game uh, called Telestrations. Have any, ever, have any of y'all ever heard of Telestrations? First service, nobody had. Nobody here heard it. Okay, it's so like two of us. All right, y'all are missing out. Um, Y'all need to watch more infomercials. So this game, Telestration, is what it is. It's you get a card, and it gives you something that you're supposed to draw. And so you get a little felt tip pen, and and you draw what they tell you to draw. And then you pass around, and the people that you're playing with, you try to see who can guess what it is that you've drawn. I I can't draw. I thought I could draw, and then we played the game. And so I got a card, and I was supposed to draw a horse. That, That doesn't sound hard, does it? You ought, to, if you're, you ought to try to draw a horse. And so I'm sitting and i was like, oh my gosh, I can't draw a horse. And so I'm sitting there and I'm dry, like, how do you draw their ears? I mean, I didn't know what to do. My, my, my whole, I mean, just perspective was way off. And so I drew this thing and we passed it around. And then so the guesses were, it's a dog, it's a cat, it's a cow. Nobody guessed horse. Now, I, can, I just can't draw. But, you know, the, I can draw if you let me trace something. You know, if there's a really good drawing, and you put a, a lighter sheet of paper over it, and then I can see the lines, and I, I can draw like that, and it looks pretty good, because the only thing I'm doing is I'm just I'm just copying the artist. Okay, that's what Jesus is saying in our text. He says, "Love like me." He said, "Do you see how I love people?" Said, so "Do you see how I treat people?" Do you see what I do? Jesus said, "Then copy me, copy me, trace me." So, well, what do I copy? You know, what are some things that Jesus has done that I can actually trace out? Well, there's some things that I see in Scripture that, that we can do. Uh, one of the things that we can do, Jesus demonstrated love just simply by his presence. He was present with people. You know, I think a lot of times when we see people who are in need or uh, you know, somebody just say they need someone, we, what we like to do is we like to talk. You don't always need to talk, y'all. You can demonstrate love by just simply being present with somebody. And you know, that's what Jesus did. 1 John 4, 7-9 through 9 says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love doesn't know God because God is love. God's love was rebe- revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. So to demonstrate that he loves us, what God did is he sent Jesus into our world to be present with us. Just simply to be with us. That's how you can love like Jesus. Another way that Jesus loved is he loved when he served. You know, that's something we can do, we serve. Yeah, you know, go back to verse number 12, you see Jesus putting that into action. In verse number 12, the way Jesus served is he washed his disciples' feet. You know, we're told this about Jesus, or Jesus said about himself, Matthew 20, 28. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you want to love like Jesus, I want to love like Jesus, then I can copy Jesus by serving other people. And one of the neat things for me about our church is that we have made it a main priority in our church to be people who will gather together and go out into the community in order to serve the community for a simple reason. To let people see that we love like Jesus. Jesus also loved through sacrifice. I mean, we know this. He came here in order to give himself up as a sacrifice for us to pay off our debt of sin that on our own we could not pay off. And all of that was motivated because he loves us. You now we can do a whole lot of stuff, but if there's not love involved, it doesn't matter. I mean, listen, everything Jesus did was motivated by love. First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. After being put to death in the fleshly realm, but made alive in the spiritual realm. Okay, so then here's the question: Do you, do you love like that? I mean, do you love sacrificially other people? He said, "What are you talking about? I mean, how do I love people sacrificially? I mean, are you are you willing to give up some of the stuff that you just that you kind of like to do just all by yourself, just so that you can spend time with somebody who just who just needs your presence?" You know, when you do that, that is sacrifice. Are, are you willing to pray for people's lives to be touched and changed by the power of Jesus? Even whenever you don't see any headway being made in that person's life, are you willing to be persistent for that person and sacrifice? See, Jesus told us, he said, we are to love and we are to love like him. That's a command. So what's the command about love Jesus gives? And you Love one another. Love like Jesus. And then here's the last command I see Jesus give us about love. He says, I want you to also to love openly. What does that mean? Well, Well, look in verse 35. It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay, now the first part of that verse says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Now let me ask you a question, by what? I'm not going to talk again until you answer. (laughs) How do people know that you're His disciples? Love, right? By this. Now, if it by this, then that means love, it has to be seen, right? If people by this, all men will know that you're my disciples. They will know it by what they see. They they will know it by what you do. Love is something that is done openly. It is something that is demonstrated. It is something that is an action. It is felt by others. And it's a good reminder for me. Because to, to walk with God does not mean that I know more Bible than somebody else. That, that, is not the, that is not the key trait for a believer. The key trait for a believer is not his, uh, his attendance in church. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the key trait is love. If we don't have love, everything else is pointless. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 3 says, If I speak human or angelic languages but do not have love, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have to get to prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what that tells me, love is a tangible act. So how do we make love tangible for other people? Okay, at Village Church... That was something we really wanted to do. So that's why, we came, that's why for us, it's C4 Ministries. How do we love as a church? The avenue for you to demonstrate love in our church is C4 Ministry. On our campuses, in our communities, in our care ministries, in our civic responsibilities. I'll encourage you, you can go outside after the service is over and say, Hey, you know what? I want, I want to tangibly love people. That is an avenue through which you can serve and love people that are around you. You see, whenever we do that, we, we point people to the source of love, which is Jesus. Love convinces people that we actually believe what we say we believe. So church family, that means for us and for me, I have to be careful not to be overcome in my life with hypocrisy and bitterness and to fight with other believers that I get irritated at because my, my distinguishing mark is love. Now, if I forget that, and I am a person that's trying to get my pound of flesh, then let me tell you something, I'm I'm not going to be known by love. I'm going to be known by bite marks. It's not Christian. Galatians 5.15 says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That There are very few places where you see pictures of love. But whenever you see them, you don't forget them. When you see people... Love each other. It gets your attention every time. Uh, right here in South Carolina, it was last May, it made the national news. There's a lady named Star Gardy who was at the grocery store. She was in a, uh, in a parking lot, and she saw a sign on the back of somebody's car that said, my son needs a kidney transplant. His name's Daniel. Had the number on the bottom, call if you can help. So she went in the grocery store, bought her groceries, and she would just felt something like, I need to do something. And so she went home, talked to her husband, said, and, and her children said, I, I, I'm supposed to give my kidney to this person. At least see if I can. And just want to see what y'all thought about it. And after talking to her for a while, they agreed So, said, if you really feel led to do this, we will support you. So she did. She ended up being a match for this young man named Daniel. She met the family for the first time when she went to the hospital before the operation. The mom was just absolutely blown away. I mean, think about that. Somebody called on a sign she'd put in the back of her car at a grocery store. And the lady said, I want to give my kidney. Uh, they did the transplant. It was successful. Uh, after the surgery was over, was over, Daniel was interviewed. He said, I, you know, I, I cannot believe this lady. He said, complete stranger. He said, but she, she's not a stranger anymore. He said, she is family. Now, that, y'all, that is love. And I'm not saying that if you're going to be a person who demonstrates love well, you've got to go out and give a kidney to somebody. But I am saying that when you love, it's not selfish. When you really love like Jesus, there are no strings attached. And those things are noticed because they are so foreign to the world in which we live. So foreign to my nature. My nature selfishness. But for the Christian, love is not an option. It is a command. And Jesus in our text gives us several commands about love. He commands us to love one another. He commands us to love like him. And he commands us to love openly. So here's how we close. Just a real simple question for you to think about. How well are you doing at loving others? Now for me... Depends on what day it is. But Jesus didn't say, you know, you love people Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Said, that's, that's, that's who I'm supposed to be. So I don't know what to do. How do I love? As I mentioned one. Put yourself in a position to love. Look at C4. I'm serious. C C4 area. You go out there. You look at very, very, various areas of ministry that we have where you can actually plug in to serve. For others of you, the way you need to demonstrate love is you need to forgive somebody. Somebody who's hurt you in the past. It could be maybe you just simply need to write them a letter, and don't lie to them, but write them a letter and say, "I just want you to know I was thinking about you, and I'm praying for you." For others of us, a way that we can demonstrate love is, you know, maybe with your with your neighbor. Maybe you know your neighbor. Maybe you don't know your neighbor. Now I've said this before. You invite them over, go talk to them, invite them to eat. Maybe buy them, blow their mind. Buy them a gas card. Now, not just for that to be the end in itself, but pray that God will use that to open up a door for you to be able to talk to them about the things of God, to, where you could tell them, say, I want you, I pray for you, where maybe you could even invite them into the church so they can hear the good news of Jesus. We've been given a command, and the command is to love. And we are to love the way Jesus loves you Heavenly Father I I thank you for your word and Lord this is a command it is not easy and Lord I really believe this I believe it can only be done with Jesus working inside of us Lord I pray that you will encourage us Lord that you will open our eyes to people around us people we need to demonstrate love to Lord, I pray that when people look at us, when they look at people from village churches, Christians, that just like those second century pagans said, look how they love one another. God, may that be a mark of who we are. Because Jesus, you have marked our lives with your love and you have graciously given it to us even though we don't deserve it. Lord, may you have your hand upon this church. God, I pray that we'll be a church that is faithful to you and your word. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Why don't you stand?